Amen. Thank you, Drew and team. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to John chapter 3, uh, very specifically verse 16. That's where we're going to be in just a couple of moments. I know a number of you will know that by heart, but if you have your Bible uh, in front of you, it'd be a good place uh, to turn. Uh, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, I've been thinking a lot lately, truly, about what we do at Christmas and, and the reality that we're really pointing towards something in every moment. Um, I've spent uh, a lot of my life um, as, I don't know, I think I'm allowed to say this, as a musician. Like, I've played music, not like professionally, like if there was something below minor league, like in that kind of world, right? Um, amateur musician, but I've played a ton of music. And when I play in bands, um, most of my job was to really be a support musician. And what I mean by that is as, a, as an instrumentalist and as a part of a band, we were never like the main attraction. There was always somebody else that we were like playing for. Just like a comedian, right? You go see a comedian and somebody, there's some comedians that open that kind of start the show. It's not the main person. They're really to draw attention, really to create environment for the one that's coming after. That's kind of what I did my whole life growing up in bands playing music. There was this one very particular time when I was uh, helping with this worship band in college, and uh, for those of you that are like 90s, 2000s people, you might understand this, uh, we got the opportunity to open for Kevin Derryberry. And this was like a pretty big deal at the time, right? And Kevin had come through all these rock bands, like Tell Your Ride, this incredible musician. And so we go to this place and this, this church, and we're really excited because we feel like we're going to get to open for Kevin Derryberry. And what happened was we actually got to open for the puppets that opened for Kevin Derryberry. <laughs> Still a really good experience. But the whole point of that was, man, it was our job to really point toward what was coming after us. We live lives that are pointed toward something. Every single one of us, with the things that we do, with the things that we say, with the way in which we relate to others and how we love, we're all pointing to something. In fact, that's who we are. If you've been with us for any amount of time, we've been walking through this series called Who We Are here at Double Oak Chelsea. And we've really sought to understand our identity as Christians. So this is for you if you've trusted in Jesus, even if you haven't been with us worshiping. We've been seeking to find our identity in relationship to these three things. Into God, our relationships with one another, and then who we are in relationship to the world. And this is what we've come to find as we've read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 that we'll look at in a moment. We see this, that... In relationship to God, we are his possession. We belong to him. In relationship to one another, we are God's people. We were once not a people, but now we are a people. And then finally, in relationship to the world, we understand that our job and our joy is to proclaim the glory of God to the world. You see, we're not the main attraction. We're not the main event of our lives. You and I are given these lives as a blessing and meant to point to the God who has deeply loved us. We're going to read some simple scriptures this morning that you know. They're full of simple words, but they're rich and deeply profound. And this is what we're going to come to understand, hopefully together. Two things that we want to learn and one thing that we want to ask. Number one, everything points to something. 
Everything points to something for you, for me, for everything around us. And we're going to talk about this in a couple of moments. Everything points to something. What we've celebrated throughout this season, the birth of Jesus, ultimately culminates in that it points to the love that God has for each of us. For every candle we've lit, for every song that we've sung, for everything that we've done throughout this season, this is what we recognize, that the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, points us to the love that God has for us. And when we understand those two things, we'll have the opportunity today to ask this question of ourselves, where am I pointing? Where am I pointing? What is my life pointing to? Am I one who's proclaiming the glory of God? Let's do this this morning. Let's start here and look at John chapter 3, verse 16, and read together a verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is John 3, 16. This is the word of the Lord to which we say together, thanks be to God. Everything points to something. Throughout the entirety of this season, I spoke with someone this morning who said like, they basically haven't had a night off in December, right? There's been something to do. There's been family to spend time with. There's been a work Christmas party. There's been cookie decorating. There's been all of these engagements. I want you to think, and even just right now in your mind, look back to the month that has preceded you. All the things that you've been a part of, all of the places that you've gone, the things that you've purchased, the things that you've done, they all really lead toward one moment because tomorrow morning, everybody's going to wake up and do what? Every small child in this room said open presents, right? (laughs) And that's what we'll do together, right? Everything has been building toward that moment. There's a reason that you parents will not get much sleep tonight. I've been training for this. I feel like my whole life is built for this moment. If you know me and our family, like we're ready for tomorrow. Because it's like every day is Christmas at our house, except for there's not a lot of presents and people are cranky. Um, look, everything that we've done, everything that we've been a part of in this season, it's all building, it's all pointing toward tomorrow. You know, life is like that. Not just that Christmas moment. That, that Advent moment where we celebrate the birth of Jesus and the waiting comes to an end. But, but really, everything is pointing to something. The way that you work at your job vocationally points toward what you care about and who you care about as you seek to earn money to provide. The way that you cook meals, the way that you have conversations, the way that you discipline, all of those things, they point to something. We live lives that point to something. Did you know that? Look into John chapter 1, and here's what you're going to see. In John chapter 1, you get the story of John, and it's an incredible story. Look at this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now listen to this story. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, 
but came to bear witness about the light. I love this passage because in so many ways, you get the history of humanity wrapped up in the incarnation, in what God has done in Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus has always been. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. There's not anything that was made apart from him. In him is life and light and love. And then these people that he creates are meant to proclaim that he is the light. Their whole life, your life, my life, is about pointing to the one who is love. And how do we know that he's love? Well, he came. The birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus points to the love of God. I was reminded yesterday of this fact through, we've got this text message with some guys and one of our, our friends, and he really helps our men's ministry. His name's George. George sends his text out every morning. It's just kind of what he's experienced in his quiet time, how the Lord has met with him. And he shares that with a bunch of guys here in our church to encourage us. And then somebody else chimed in with this beautiful quote yesterday and said this, that the gospel is the only story where the hero dies for the villain. The gospel is the only story where the hero dies for the villain. This is the story in which the one who needs to be rescued is also the one who is the villain. That's you and that's me. We're the ones who need saving from ourselves. From the rebellion that we thrust ourselves into as we run from God. The fact that Jesus would come, the birth of Jesus points to the love of God. Because when you and I read John 3.16, what do we think about? We think about the cross. We think about the crucifixion of Jesus. And this is the point where you say, hey man, you're kind of getting ahead in the story. This is December. We do that stuff in March or April, depending on how the calendar falls, right? That's Easter stuff. But you got to understand that if we preach the gospel, the beginning points to the end. What we celebrate in the coming of Jesus is ultimately that Jesus has come to die so that you and I could experience the light and the life and the love that is within him. Look into Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 and you see this very clearly. Jesus has walked uh, in this path and he's followed uh, this, this place and he's gone and seen Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is seeking Jesus, right, as the text would tell us in Luke 19. But ultimately, it's Jesus who's really seeking him. At the end of that passage, as Zacchaeus' heart has changed, this is what we've come to see. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Christmas story is beautiful. We read of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, right? We have in our minds this, this manger scene and all of these beautiful things where we, we, we celebrate all the beauty and the majesty of this season, and we should, but we must not fail to remember that what Jesus has done in coming is for this very purpose, to seek and to save the lost. And this is the gospel, this is the good news of Christmas, that Jesus has come to us to die. 
so that we might live with him and reign forever. Amen? The birth of Jesus points to the love of God that we, who are unlovable, have been so deeply loved by God that he would send his son who lived, as Drew said earlier, a perfect life so that we might become the righteousness of God. So the question we should ask ourselves, even today, even as we celebrate Christmas, and where am I pointing? What does my life look like? What is the purpose of all of this? Am I going to enjoy great meals and spend time with family and, and open a bunch of presents and it's going to be a ton of fun? And then I just walk into 2024 and life just kind of sort of looks the same? Or am I going to live in such a way where I recognize who God is and what he's done for me in Jesus and seek to live a life where I say to others, I, I'm not light, but let me tell you about the one who is light. Let me tell you about the one who is love. Let me tell you about the one who rescued me and who saved me and who came to me. Do you know why, what Drew said earlier was, I think, really, really helpful, right? This idea, the mystery of what happens in Jesus' coming. C.S. Lewis says it in this way, and I think it's one of the most poignant ways to describe what happens at Christmas. He says that Jesus was so full of life that he had to borrow death to become one of us. Think about this. He knows no death. And yet he takes it on for you and me. Now, where are we pointing with our lives? I want to share this with you. Um, Malin L. Engle, the, the, the writer, I think some of you have probably read some of her stuff, maybe Wrinkling Time, those types of things. In speaking of the love of God, she tells us what it looks like to live a life that points to Jesus, and it's this. She says, we draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Could you imagine a world in which people were drawn to Jesus because of the way that we demonstrated and expressed our love for them? Caring for them, ministering to them, praying for them, providing for them. This is who we are. We're proclaimers of the glory of God. We're people that are called to point others to Jesus. Not just to the gifts that we have, but to the giver who gives them. So this morning, we get to take part together in one of the the most incredible illustrations of what pointing really, really is. And at this time, I want to invite our, our ministers and deacons to come forward as we prepare to enjoy communion together. But, and nothing points towards something like this. We've spent a month pointing toward tomorrow. We've spent, we've spent days and weeks, and there's some of you people who buy Christmas presents in like March and April, and I don't know who you are or how you do this. Um, I'm impressed. I'll never get there. Um, but we do all these things that, that point to what's coming. 
This morning, if you're in Christ, I want to encourage you to come and to take a piece of this bread and to take a cup of this juice and to recognize that truly what you're partaking is, it's an appointing because you say something and you illustrate something when you take this bread and you take this cup and it's this. This is what you're proclaiming. This is what you're pointing to, that Christ has died, that Christ is risen, and thanks be to God, Christ will come again. Joy to the world will be fully realized when Jesus comes. And so this morning, we have the opportunity to celebrate and enjoy this meal together. Our whole life, we're pointing to something. May it be said of us that we're pointing people to the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's how I'd love to do this. Number one, to share with you why we do this. If you look into 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is going to share with those at Corinth exactly why this is happening. And he says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm so thankful that, that today you and I get to point to the moment we're all longing for. Even more than children would long for a moment like tomorrow morning, we are longing for the return of Jesus, that he would restore and make all things new. So if you will, take a moment, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray in a second and bow our heads, and, and as a final word of encouragement and instruction, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, here's what I would urge you to do. Come to this table and partake. And taste and see that the Lord is good. Even if you're not a member of this specific church, I would encourage you to do that. If you have not trusted in Jesus, this would be the moment where I would encourage you not to come and take this. This is not a mere ritual. Instead, it's a proclamation. It is a moment of devotion. It's a moment of pointing to Jesus. And if you do not believe in Jesus, here's what I would encourage you to do and ask you to do and beg the Lord to cause you to do, to trust in Jesus. To proclaim to the Lord, even in the quietness of your heart, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. I believe in your life, death, and resurrection. Would you cause me to be born again in you? I would ask you to do that this morning. If you will, let's pray together. Uh, enjoy who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Heavenly Father, truly, you have loved us to the end. Father, and you have given us yourself. Your word in John's gospel truly does say that Jesus is the one who reveals you, Father. And so this morning we proclaim and we point to this reality that your son Jesus will come again fully and finally to save and restore and to make all things new. Father, we're so thankful that Jesus was born to us and for us. 
that we might know you. God, in this moment, help us to proclaim, to point to you as we taste and see your goodness in this bread and cup. In Jesus' name, amen.